0: Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, sometimes great, rarely late, and a bad first date. Sorry, Nick. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. This is the last episode where our heroes reside in Palmville, a city, from the Cleric's Challenge module in the 1990s written by Richard Baker. Longtime fans may not have recognized many elements because it is inspired by the works of Mr. Baker, but moved into my setting and modified to fit my needs. Well, let's get into it. Our heroes got a lich thing to beat. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes gathered Owen and Sadie, sent Owen's family off to Turtle Bay for their safety, and headed back into the graveyard to deal with Amaranth Strain, the now undead former priest of the Silent Judge.
1: Amaranth appears to be undead.
2: He appears to be driven by vengeance.
1: He appears to be able to move from corpse to corpse when we dispatch one after the other, so we will be desecrating the entire cemetery tonight unless we can find a solution to this.
0: Our heroes neutralize Amaranth, the Lich, by draining his power away with light spells and sealing up a potential source of his power.
3: No, what I'm thinking about right now, given what we know, is... I'm looking for an object of power. Maybe it's a tree, maybe not, but it doesn't matter what it is. I'm thinking maybe it's a hand or an eye. Hold on, let me see if that's how meta that is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's going to, again with her quarterstaff, gather the hands and this chunk of the skull that's got the markings on it close together, Mm -hmm. and then she's going to cast Guiding Bolt on them. Sadie has cast a spell.
0: It appears to be magic circle against evil. Mm. And she has sealed the remains in a circle and is holding it. And the zombie corpse goes limp in your arms. I let it go. Now with the light of day keeping the lich at bay, our heroes set out to find a way to solve this lich problem for good. But not before losing Sadie the Baker and finding Sadie the Raven.
3: There are probably a few critters that have made homes in and among the dead there we can also come at it from the other direction because we used the entrance in the, uh, I've forgotten the name of the room, but we used the the other entrance and we have this entrance here near the living quarters that we could go in and see if we see anything more interesting
1: Lily nods and (laughs) says I do, I, I cannot do whatever this is oh, oh She peers at the raven and says, Sadie?
0: It calls at you.
2: Come here, pretty bird. I'll hold on my (laughs) finger.
0: (laughs) Roll me persuasion. (laughs) Okay.
2: That says seven plus five. 12.
0: The the bird gives a little hop and jump, and it's, it's startling, because ravens are big, big animals, and when they spread their wings, they look much bigger than you were expecting. <laughs> and it sort of flies up to your arm, because your finger is just not good enough. Yeah. You are startled, but you hold it together, and the bird settles calmly, kind of walking up your arm to your shoulder. It tucks a piece of your hair back behind your ear, and then just sort of looks... Out from your shoulder at Bulane.
2: Oh, Creedon is beaming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just wait till it starts shitting down your back.
2: <laughs> I, have not, I haven't <laughs> thought that far ahead
1: yet. <laughs> Press the digitation. Bulane <laughs> says, Are you wishing to come with us?
0: The bird's head bobs up and down.
1: Well, of course you can do that. <laughs> Did you know that this was going to happen?
0: It cocks its head to the side.
1: You did not.
0: It caws at you.
1: Well, we have a giant centipede to kill. We will continue this conversation in a moment. She goes to open the catacomb door.
0: Yeah, you swing it open, just as you left it last time. Tight quarters, but you are not a large person.
2: (laughs) So are you going ahead of me? Unless you want to go first. I want to be able to see it, I guess. Okay. Because I can do pretty good damage to it, I think. Mm. Yeah, she'll let you go first.
0: Okay, then Creedon, I need an advantaged perception check. You know what you're looking for?
2: Alright. Um, a 16.
0: You also round the corner, and you can see Zerus standing sort of sideways with a dagger out, and about 10 feet in front of Zerus, and 10 feet in front of you, so between the two of you, you spot a big old set of pinchers, and a head about the size of a softball, kind of tucked in one of these nooks, it's waiting to pounce on you.
3: I will ready to attack it after Creedon hits it.
2: All right, can I can I do a knowledge nature check to just see how tough this thing looks? Yeah, not very good at that, but let's see what I can get. A twelve.
0: Twelve? You imagine it has like a chitinous hide that would make yeah. it a little bit harder to just just poke. I guess with with a twelve, you also know it's poisonous.
2: I want to do a bonus action first, then, and cast Hex on it. Um, And I'll choose Strength Saving Throws as what it would have disadvantage on, because I could see it trying to retreat back into its hole, and we may need to pull it back out. And as my action, I want to Eldritch Blast it. Okay. And I rolled an at-one on the Eldritch Blast, so I Hex it, but then I just shoot into the ceiling.
0: (laughs) A heart trickles up. Fire a heart, and it just, like, the heart is too big to fit in the nook, and it just leaves this, like, red lipstick smear all over the area around it.
2: Sadie, Sadie cawed in my ear, and it really just caught me off guard.
0: <laughs> Zerus, an attack has been made, but the creature is still in its ambush position.
3: Sorry, I will rage and strike it. Okay, roll to hit. That's an unfortunate roll. Rolls a four. The score is a nine.
0: Your hand sort of collides with the catacomb wall and you realize the thing is just out of knife point range and it takes its turn to come screaming out after your hand. So, and by screaming, I mean, it's actually very silent, but there's a skittering noise that's (laughs) a little disturbing. It bites at your hand, but an eight is insufficient. So you are now in a tussle with this thing. Its head is now poking out. Boulain, you will have disadvantage on any attacks you make because Creedence is in your way, but you can do something.
1: Okay, she's going to touch the tattoo at her throat and she's going to cast Hold the Dead.
0: Okay, it's going to roll a saving throw. Mm-hmm. It
1: succeeds. What is it
2: with dumb animals
1: always succeeding on this? <laughs> Creedence.
2: Alright, I will first do a bonus action to try to pull it five feet... Well, I can I can either pull it five feet towards or away from me. Like, can I just attempt to pull it... I, I guess push it towards Xeris?
0: Yeah, I mean, you can yake it out into the open right in front of Zerus. That will, if successful, lower its AC. Okay... An 11 and a disadvantage is a 4, so uh, it will fail. Yeah. You yank this centipede writhing out into the open as it sort of slams into the opposite catacomb wall and falls to the floor. It's, a, it's in a very clumsy state. The rear of this centipede is still sort of stuck three feet up in the alcove and the centipede's head is like rolling around on the floor and the legs are all flailing and it can't get purchased.
2: Uh, that was my bonus action, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to Eldritch Blasted. Or at least try to. Uh, That is a 15 to hit.
0: Uh, 15 will hit. Now that you have pulled it out of the alcove.
2: Here's a detail. 5, 6, 7, 8 force damage, and then an extra 1d6 necrotic because it is cursed. So 8 force damage and 5 necrotic damage.
0: It withers, writhes, and does not look to be in good shape, but it is so angry. Zerus I will stab at it again. You advantage because it is in the worst combat position I can think of.
2: That's great. The telekinetic feat is really is really good doing well for me. I love this feat. <laughs> I
3: have rolled two twos,
2: oh, which wow.
3: makes my 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 score a seven. I believe we uh, call
0: that sad advantage. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, I, uh, I clearly cannot fight in these tight quarters, even with the appropriate weapon.
0: The centipede's <laughs> head is down by your feet and it goes for your pant leg. It does a fifteen hit your AC.
3: It does not, I'm a seventeen.
0: Clamps down on sort of metal plates that run up your boots and is latched on and flailing, but you you can't feel it. It's gonna bring us to Belaine.
1: Belaine's gonna cast toll of the dead again.
0: Okay. This time it really fails.
1: Oh, good. Okay. And I get to do a d12 because it took damage. And I got a whopping two. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: All right. Well, the bell rings and the creature shivers. uh, (laughs) And Creighton.
2: Should I try to pull it out more? It
0: doesn't seem to be an advantage, honestly. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's currently in a bad position and that seems to be helping. If you pull it out more, it might be in a better position.
2: Okay. I'll just Eldritch Blast it. That is a 17 to hit. That'll hit. And I do 9, 10, 11, 12 force damage and 4 necrotic damage.
0: Jeez. Okay. Yeah, you hit this thing hard.
2: This is why I wanted to be in front.
0: <laughs> it sort of desiccates under the power of love as this heart-based <laughs> kissy noise goes off. And it just sort of withers and snaps in two and dries up on the floor.
1: All right. Ugh, I really wanted to do that. Bulain is going to go do a search around and make sure there aren't any more of these things. You see
0: lots of signs of centipedes, but Mm -hmm. nothing that poses a threat.
3: Okay. Take a look at at this alcove and see if there was anything that... Was the reason it chose this alcove as its own
0: It looks like whatever was put in here was just smaller; it had more space.
2: But there's like another door in here that we're trying to go through, right? Or like a...
0: No, this is just this big semicircle that wraps around the underground complex, and you have met about halfway. And mm-hmm.
2: wait, I thought that the catacombs were in here. These are the catacombs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, but there's nothing in here. <laughs>
0: They're not expansive catacombs, like, don't think under Paris catacombs, but these are a long, semicircular hallway that connects at both ends of the temple, and hundreds of things were buried here.
1: So Ghoulain is going to start searching for suspicious objects.
0: Okay, go ahead and give me an investigation roll, please. Uh, And actually, all of you should probably do this.
2: Eleven. Ugh. Eight.
0: Eleven also. So you you pick through the catacombs, and with the exception of way too many goddamn centipedes and some twitching half animated bones that just like weren't in good enough shape to get up and walk out the the place is empty. it looks like it was really well kept before someone closed it off for decades and decades.
1: Boulain will hold her arm out to Sadie to offer to let her get on her arm and okay. say Sadie. Do you know what object we might be looking for? Something Amaranth would have valued?
0: Sadie's bird head shakes to the left and to the right. Mm.
1: Well, we can do a thorough search of the entire underground here, but that is going to take some time. And the last time we did a search, there were millions of centipedes that went up my pants.
2: I mean, wasn't that partly because we were opening mysterious jars? Yes.
1: But in my defense, one mysterious jar looked like another mysterious jar that wound up being quite innocuous, so
2: I plead ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no idea what to do. You, you two are the more holy people here. This seems more like your area of expertise.
0: Uh, go ahead and roll me a knowledge religion. Alright.
2: I mean, I'll try. Eleven. Golly.
0: Ten. Seven. You don't get more information than you had yesterday. I, so I will point out, like, the the things that you know are true at this juncture. You have one unsmashed jade skull that you specifically did not smash. What? Uh, although Amaranth seems to have left it. If you recall, Amaranth was asking you to smash his skull. Oh. You didn't do it. You put him inside of a zombie chokehold. He he appeared to have vacated that skull. So you have. Well, okay. You have one zombie head that probably has a jade skull inside of it. And you have one book that seems resistant to most mundane forms of trying to destroy it.
2: Mm. Was that book in a language that. Was it that Abyssal? It
0: was written in Abyssal, the language of the unjust dead
1: says could the book itself be the object we are looking for?
3: I'm not against that.
2: I think we need to look through it even though I know it's dangerous if if you don't want to read it I can I, I can make myself temporarily able to understand what it says that way you don't have to commit the heresy've
3: <laughs> I've looked through it several times and I have found no method of undoing what was done in the book so i agree that attempting to destroy the book is a good call i think i want to do one more pass of searches and then and then perhaps see if uh, someone at the the temple in in the town can help
2: when we're doing our next passive searches, Creedon wants to specifically go to the area where the blood was dripping down and try to see if there's like an origin or a destination of the blood that I can find, or where exactly it's coming from. Yeah, well, it just
0: seems to be mystically gone now. Go ahead and roll me investigation, though. Uh, and everybody give me that investigation. You're that searching one, the place baby.
1: over. Yeah, it's it's uh-huh. just
0: magically gone. 20. <laughs> nice. Uh, go ahead xeris how'd you do
3: oh terrible i rolled a one i was gonna say specifically i wanted to search the hidden room for anything else hidden
0: in it and the temple Mm -hmm. but with a one everything's great so your investigation you start to put together some facts you don't find more things but you start to assemble the details into a picture you're sherlock Mm holmesing here uh mandy and blaine pulls a 20 and Put some pieces together. So you you know that Amarant summoned a god to him and that it essentially killed him, and his presence is sort of this undead force that roams around.
1: A- Amarant or the god? Amarant. Okay.
0: You know that this is akin to a lich. In in your religion role from yesterday. And so you have a sense that there is a power around here somewhere holding this soul of Amaranth nearby. It occurs to you that because your actions against that body and that circle with Sadie were so effective, you think the god is here somewhere. Hmm. Like it's not gone, it just doesn't seem to have a physical form.
2: Creden side eyes Sadie.
0: <laughs> so your your running theory is something is absolutely keeping Amaret in this world. It might not be a jade skull or a book.
1: Might it be a raven?
3: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Probably no, not. No, no, no,
3: okay. no. It's. I don't um, actually
2: think it's Sadie, but I rolled a net one, so I'm probably picking up your pieces and coming oh, to conspiracy theories. Two that
0: ones—that's amazing. So let me let me help you out just a little bit here. So you know that when Amaranth called this God, his eye fell out and his hand withered, and you know that because you looked at the skeletal remains of Amaranth. Mm. And when you destroyed that eye, the runes around it and the and the withered hand, there was some symbolic effect. You weakened whatever presence was in the area. These are things that you did establish. Mm -hmm. But as you search through that area, you've destroyed any focus that could be here. So you're, you're left with, let's say, three things that could be a problem. You have a magic book. You have a jade skull you have not smashed yet. And you think the third thing is the manifest presence of a forgotten god roaming these halls.
2: No idea
1: how to deal with
2: that. <laughs> well, but can we, we have a book that summoned that god and if they're wandering the halls, can we like can we summon them to us? I mean I know I I know Zerus that's not something that you'd probably smile upon. Vulane subtly puts herself between Zerus and Creeden for <laughs> I I'm just spitballing here. I don't know how to handle this, and I don't like being down here and I want to get out. Preferably alive and preferably without there still being a heart of undead that will kill everyone in this town
1: Surely there is a way we can do this without committing a heresy
3: given Billane's insights. I see two possible options The first option the one that came to me uh, originally was Amaranth's presence is not held here by physical object, but by lacking the proper passing of rest meaning There's some unfinished business or some sin that needs to be corrected
1: to help. I could perform the last rites on his remains.
3: I'm
0: afraid his sin may be greater than that.
2: Do we know which remains are his?
0: You strongly suspect the bones that you smashed up were his original body.
2: Oh, okay. I figured that was just a random
3: person. We will need to if this suspicion is correct, we'll need to perform an action that will absolve him, that will that will correct the sin before he can pass on. The other option, the other thing that, that came to mind was this temple was desecrated and a false presence was allowed to come. The temple needs to be reconsecrated. And to be honest, either way, even if that doesn't solve the problem, I'm still the strong belief that the temple needs to be reconsecrated.
1: I agree. That is beyond me to do.
3: There are resources in Palmville, and we can also get started to see if it seems to have any effect.
1: Should we destroy the most recent Jade Skull?
3: I have no understanding of the powers of this and what that actually does.
1: I wonder, w- would Zerus have took... Because Boulane wasn't in the room when he- when he was begging you to smash the skull. I
0: don't think you cut the zombie's head off and fished right. its skull out. That would have been something I'd remember. So I think it's just, yeah, think just in like the this. hallway.
1: Moulin says, if he was asking you or telling you to destroy this body, I wonder if he must come back to this body until it is destroyed.
2: I mean, if we do leave, I think we should take it with us because somebody else may also have more insight into it. It is, it is likely more used to us intact than destroyed because the last one that we destroyed didn't help us in any way.
1: I just mean if if we know if he is coming back to this body we know where he will come back to. we do not have to worry about the next body he will jump to, so yeah, we, but should we don't not...
2: know that there could be more Jade skulls I mean we know that there were at least two there could be any number of them, and he could possibly jump into any of them
1: I believe. The skulls transform into jade when he jumps into a body. I wonder if he cannot go to the next body until the current one is destroyed.
2: Dungeon master, tell us the solution to the puzzle. We're too dumb to figure it out. <laughs> no. We're rolling too shitty. No, actually, we're not rolling. All. My personal in score is negative two. The only
0: other hint I can I can remind you is you do have the rod of Astra. Uh,
1: uh oh and my a god the day has gone by. <laughs> so was Zerus the one who had it so he he would be attuned to it?
0: Um Zerus if you did spend an hour of your long rest thinking upon this rod I will tell you what it does. Of, of course I did.
2: And if you okay. didn't I wouldn't mind thinking. <laughs> of course I did. It occurred um, to me to long ago. Us.
0: The rod has 3 charges that it generates every day. With one charge it can cast magic circle against evil. With one charge, it can cast protection from evil, or it can use all three of its charges to imbue a permanent magic circle against evil, and it will reset itself every day until you remove the rod. You only have one permanent magic circle against evil anywhere that you know of, which is embedded in the floor above you.
2: Zerus, why didn't you tell this? Tell us that this this rod did something so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't trust you with holy relics.
2: (laughs) You wound me. That's just fair. I mean,
1: she basically care-bear-stares everything. What's not to trust? Bulain says, well, I do have an idea. It involves Creedon's idea of heresy.
3: We already know where the being is. And you want to summon it, but it's right
1: there. Into a magic circle.
3: Why not put the magic circle around the entity that we know is in the body over there?
2: Because that might not be the god. That might just be the spirit. That is just the spirit of Amaranth.
1: We are looking for the god, and we do not know where he is going, or where he is.
3: One second. (laughs) How How would I use the book and the ritual that I've already gone over to say where... Where that presence would be. Roll me... Let's do religion. I love, I love that you said that. Alright, let's do religion. <laughs> we got it this time.
2: No one's this time.
3: 18 is a 22.
2: Yes! Hot dice!
0: <laughs> so it occurs to you, the spell doesn't tell you where the god is, but it will let you pull that god to you, and into you. Oh. 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 So you you know if you use this this spell, a uh, a god will possess you, your eyeball will probably fall out, your hand (laughs) will probably rot off.
1: (laughs) It'll be fine.
0: (laughs) But you'll know right where that god is, and that is what Amaranth did. Hmm? Your other theory is that this magic circle against evil was apparently sufficient to hold both presences stuck down in this crypt. So, it can't travel through the dirt. At least not great distances. And it definitely can't travel through a magic circle against evil. So, whether or not you need to pin him down, if he's in these halls, you know you could probably seal him back in by putting the rod back.
2: How long do we have until nightfall? Creedon will hustle outside and look at where the sun is in the sky.
0: (laughs) At this point, like four hours, because you had like, 12 hours of daylight and you spent 8 of them sleeping.
1: Ah, I see it's winter. So, so Blaine says if we plug the hole to the crypt he will be trapped down here?
0: If
3: if we seal it back with the same circle we broke.
1: But that means that means leaving the rod behind.
3: It also means leaving the rod in a place where anyone can pick it up and create the mess we did. However, given the pieces I think I have come up with an idea.
2: Alright. Le- uh, what is it? I
3: will elaborate for you now. <laughs> <laughs> the spell merges the caster and this malicious entity. So I want to assume that the malicious entity is tethered to the Jade Skull that we see appear in those that have have been ridden by this amaranth Vecna entity. And that it is currently in possession of the body that lays dormant in the interment area. With this assumption, we cast a magic circle around that body to seal it into the circle. And then destroy the body and consecrate the area.
2: It's way better than any ideas I've got. I think that is worth a try. Plus, I no longer volunteer to perform that ritual to bring the god to us. Anyway, I don't want to lose my eyeball or my hand. Oh, I'm <laughs> glad
3: you understand that the, there's consequences to heresy.
2: I didn't read the fine print. Okay, I just I skimmed.
3: <laughs> with with a being claiming to be a god that is clearly not, there will always be fine print, and that is a good lesson for you to learn without making the mistakes.
2: Yeah, tell me about it. That would it.
3: cost you. Is there any prep needed to circle Pro-Free Evil?
0: You you don't need to, no. The Rod will cast it. To, to help you out just a little bit, you essentially have unlimited time if you use three charges and do this up where Astra was actually buried. Because then you can, for as long as you need to, repurpose the permanent circle. Mm-hmm. So you'd have all night and all day tomorrow to consecrate mm. it.
2: Mm-hmm. But weren't we going to try to use the rod at the location that the corpse
0: Ideally you would move the corpse. Yeah. To, oh yeah. I forgot about that. Part. <laughs> if you use the temporary circle. Can the circle be breached is the other problem? You can step in and out of it as long as you don't mar the circle itself.
3: Has all the moving of the moving of the sarcophagus marred the circle up top?
0: No, it was it was built to last, quite ah. purposefully, inlaid into the floor with silver.
3: Awesome. The best plan that we have is to take the affected corpse that we have, put it into the sarcophagus of St. Astra, activate the circle again, make sure we have any preparations we need to consecrate the circle, and then destroy the body, consecrate the circle.
1: Agreed. So we need to find someone in town who can consecrate the circle.
0: I will allow you to consecrate the circle with sufficient knowledge religion rolls. Okay. In a ritual involving multiple people.
2: Sadie, can you help us consecrate this area?
0: (laughs) The bird cause.
2: That sounds like a yes to me. (laughs) That was a positive call.
0: (laughs) All right.
3: I'll begin setting up the mausoleum.
1: Belaine will arrange this body properly in the sarcophagus just because she can't help herself. <laughs> Even though it's possessed by a god, she she wants to make sure it's laid to rest
0: properly. Get it put into the sarcophagus. Prepping the rest of the surface is actually really easy. There's a hole where you stick the rod in and it powers the circle. Prepping it also means
3: putting the sarcophagus back in place, making sure that we can we can properly seal up the staircase... Basically, my goal is to make the mausoleum as it was when we first found it. Save that the lid is not
0: on top of it. Do any of you have a stonemason's proficiency or stonework tools? Mm
2: -mm. Absolutely not. (laughs) No
0: dwarves in the party? Okay. So you can go over to Owen's and find things that you can use to plug this hole but you're not super skilled at it, so it's going to be ugly as hell.
2: I mean, there's got to be, like, a town a town person that builds houses and stuff. Sure.
0: Yeah, you can go find a, a town, either a carpenter Craftsman. or a mason.
1: Hi, this is Mandy. I'm here with your mid-roll. I'm going to talk about the ins and outs of naming your fantasy RPG character this is not meant to be a how-to as there are many different methods of coming up with names and they can all be legit and valid rather i am going to reflect on some of the different methods some things to keep in mind and what has worked more and less well both for me and for others also because i am incapable of broaching a topic without barfing words and rabbit-holing into pure dorkery this mid-roll will be a two-parter When it comes to creating a character name, I have three basic rules. One is consistency. Try to come up with something unique without getting too outlandish next to the story and the context surrounding your character. A great example of this comes from Tolkien, the linguist we all wish we could be. When it came to the Rohirrim, Tolkien drew hard on pre-Norman Anglo-Saxon culture, language, and traditions, and the character names Eowyn, Eomer, Theoden, Theodred all reflect that culture consistently and believably. My second rule is that you should please your personal nerddom. What are your interests apart from the game you're playing? Follow those interests. If you have fun creating your name, you're more likely to love it and keep loving it. Remember in a long game campaign, the name you come up with is a name you will have to live with for a long time. Following your joy in coming up with that name can help you to love it for the duration. My third rule cannot be overstated make your character name pronounceable and repeatable not just for you but for the dm and your fellow players what constitutes pronounceability and repeatability will obviously vary depending on the linguistic and cultural background of the rpg group in question as the muscles in the human mouth will form differently around different languages So the universal I have to offer is, keep in mind the language that you and your fellow roleplayers speak, and try to be mindful of how your mouths actually work according to the conventions of that language. You are playing an out loud roleplaying game. The name you come up with will be repeated over and over by everyone at the table. So have a care with combining strange sounds, while it is undeniably fun to come up with unconventional pairings of letters and syllables. It is easy to get carried away, and it is important to find the happy middle ground between uniquity and difficulty. Devote no small amount of time to saying this name out loud to see how it rolls off the tongue, see how easy it is to say and how repeatable it really is. If you trip over it as often as you nail it, you might need to revisit what you've come up with. I'm side-eyeing you, Fist and Dangelis. So, those are my rules: consistency, please your personal nerdum, and above all, make it sayable and repeatable. Next mid roll, I'll get into some specific methods I've come across for coming up with fantasy names.
0: Give me a persuasion roll.
2: I'll try right. that. Oof. Uh. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, eight. Oh, rolled a one. Now I rolled a three.
3: That's all right. I'm I'm the social barbarian. Give me a second.
1: <laughs> Famous last words.
3: Sixteen is a twenty on persuasion. Oh, oh my 20. god!
1: <laughs> 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 uh,
0: people are busy chopping up skeletons, and they don't want to talk to you. And they're uh, more than a few of them give you a strange look, like, "Hey, this happened after you came to town." Mm. So Blaine and Preton. Uh, your reception in town right now is just terrible.
1: Plus the raven is with us and everybody's like side-eyeing that.
0: (laughs) They seemed a little weirded out by your pet raven, but whatever.
2: (laughs) I think this town is just sexist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you you appeal to someone who seems to actually uh, be invested in solving the problem, and I think it's actually the mayor. Looking up the mayor's name... (laughs) well your notes go deep Phineus Nicole Phineus so you go chat with the mayor and the mayor basically says yeah we've got some people who can who do regular work on our administrative building and they have some stone skills and and maybe we can just take some some bricks from the building and get the job done let's do that so yeah they, they can come help you barricade that up it will take a couple of hours to do well
2: Oh, um, while we are, while they're doing that, can I take a short rest? Because you said it would take a few hours. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. It is nearly dark. You have the body in the crypt. You have it sealed. You have the sarcophagus back in the appropriate place. You have the innocent bystanders out of the way. And you can plant the rod in and seal it. You plant the rod in. And the body stands up. Mm. And it sort of gazes out of this crypt that it's standing in and says, sealed again. You know this is only temporary. Maybe. Very well. Is there anything I can do for you before you leave?
3: I have no intention of leaving anytime soon.
2: I mean, you could tell us, you know, how to put all of this to rest. That would be awesome.
0: I have already told you.
2: Minus the vengeance plot. There's got to be another way.
0: There is no other way.
2: Well, we're going to find it.
0: How optimistic of you. And the creature sort of takes a step out of the sarcophagus and steps up to kind of test the barrier. And it reaches its hand out and then pulls it back suddenly. And it says just as powerful as ever.
2: So, is it, is it go time? I think we are at go time. Should we roll initiative to choose our order, or do we just want to go? Uh, By the way, nope. I chose dexterity as its uh, as its oh, okay. um, disadvantage because okay. you mentioned your radiant damage
0: ability. This is an entity that cannot fight back unless you go into the circle, and two of you have ranged attacks. So actually, I'll tell you what, let's make this extra easy (laughs) because we don't need to make it any harder than it is. (laughs) You're shooting fish in a barrel. So we have advantage. You shoot the fish in the barrel.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, eventually we would get it. Wait, but are we trying to destroy him? Won't he just teleport into another one?
3: There is no other one
0: in the
2: circle. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot
1: about the circle. He doesn't have access to anything else.
0: I
2: really should have paid attention in class. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Cretan, you blast him. Boulain, you call holy fire. The zombie crumples and begins to sort of fizz and burn and pop and it it's done. Now begins the consecration step. Hmm. Which is much, much harder. Right. For this, uh, we are gonna do a skill challenge. Religion checks are the best option here it will have the easiest dc but if you can think of another skill you can roll i will give you a target as appropriate
2: can i persuade the the curse to go away <laughs>
0: You might be able to argue with the spirit that's stuck in the circle. Oh, okay. Keep that in mind. Uh, the DC <laughs> will be higher than just rolling religion checks, though, FYI. To do this, you will have to go into the circle, and there is a malevolent presence, so failures will have consequences. Mm. I am going to write down on a piece of paper um, how many successes you need to complete this.
2: Do you want to show us what that piece no. of paper says? Oh. Oh. <laughs> no.
0: No, I'm not. <laughs> And then I'm now going to set some DCs here just on the fly. Let's see, this is an impromptu consecration of a small area. There is an active force opposing you. DC is going to be higher than 10. I will set it at 14 for religion. And then if you would like to roll a skill that is not religion, the DC is going to jump to an 18, but it has to make sense. You can't just roll anything. <laughs> Step into the circle. Describe what you do. Roll your dice. Make my day.
2: (laughs) Who first? (laughs) Well, why don't we start with some divine punishment from Xeris?
3: I step
0: into the circle. There is a presence in the air in the circle, Xeris. You can feel it, and it is so angry.
2: (laughs) Can Creighton prepare an action to try to use telekinetic to pull him out of the circle if it seems like things are going badly?
0: Yes, absolutely. Xeris, what does this look like? You're you're doing some kind of exorcism. Give me a paint me a word picture.
3: I will lay my axe down, step into the sarcophagus without it, kneel. It's in prayer. Supplication. Supplication, that is the correct word, thank <laughs> you. The light of the radiant one will shine upon this mausoleum and burn away any sins that were committed here in the past making the future one that will have the Radiant One smile again on this cursed
0: town. Roll me religion. That's a seven. Aww. uh, You take one level of exhaustion as there's sweat beads running down, something malevolent is in the air and is pulling energy out of you. Yup. Yeah.
2: When I see him crumpling, I'll pull him out as well.
3: Okay. I don't resist. I don't <laughs> like it, but I don't resist.
2: All right.
3: Who's next?
2: Uh, Bulein will
1: step into the circle next. She is going to. She's going to arrange this body to make sure that it's lying in state, and then she's going to pull out her brazier and her her incense and she's going to kneel in front of it. She's going to light it and kneel in front of it and she is going to pray to the silent judge and say my lady I need to beseech you to bring your power to this space and remove the one who is not welcome here.
0: Roll me knowledge of religion.
1: Well, religion in this edition. Fuck. (laughs) That's an
2: eight.
0: (laughs) Take a level of exhaustion.
2: I pull her out.
0: <laughs> Who's next?
2: I guess it's me. It's all about you. Kill it with love. Kill it with I love. I will step into the circle and I will try to persuade it. I will say, you know, even if I had a pay- paid attention in school, I don't think they would have taught me about anything like you. You seem to feed on strong emotions, on, on anger and on, on rage. And those are not bad emotions to have, but they're bad to let fester. And you've clearly been festering like this for a long time i i think i know it's hard to accept but your your time on this plane has passed you have few worshippers left you need to you need to let go you need to move on and and release these people because we we can hold you here again like you've been held here for so long i'm sure it felt great to get out and stretch your legs but but it's it's time for you to go it's time for you to to leave this plane and, and these people behind.
0: Roll me uh, Persuasion and you have Advantage. Ooh,
2: good there speech, is a component
0: huh? of your argument that applies to this creature's motivations.
2: Okay, one of those is a 17, which I know isn't good enough for, for Persuasion, and one of those, ooh, is a 21!
1: Yay!
2: Okay,
0: that is our first success. <laughs> the malevolence weakens noticeably. It's as if the creature almost surrenders to you. It's still here. You know it's not gone. You haven't defeated its power. But it seems to not be fighting you so much anymore. I'm going to lower the DC of our Knowledge Religion checks down to 12.
2: Does my DC for Persuasion also go down? Uh,
0: no. Oh,
2: bummer. (laughs) Okay, well, I I will step outside of the circle and say that seemed to work pretty well. I think maybe it's sensitive to the fact that it doesn't have many followers left. Or perhaps that it's just... It, it doesn't want to be sealed indefinitely. So,
1: a level of exhaustion, remind me, that means we have disadvantage
2: on all of our rolls from now yeah, on? Yeah,
3: that's what it means. We have disadvantage okay. on ability checks.
2: Should I try again, or do you want to keep trying?
3: Let me try again.
2: Alright, I'm here for you. I'm ready to pull you out.
3: Don't Don't pull me out at the first sign.
2: Okay, uh, give... I'll let you know. Yeah, just, I guess, look at me, (laughs) and I will pull you out if you look at me. Wait, chicken fish?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Is that what you said? (laughs) That's the runaway, the runaway signal.
2: (gasps) Or you could just look at me. If you say chicken fish, though, I'll also pull you out. (laughs) uh, All right. (laughs) So maybe don't use that as part of your religion.
3: I will step into the circle, again, uh, assuming a kneeling position. The presence that's currently in the circle is an anathema to the Whispering Shepherd. And has this entity has maliciously stolen life from the cycle and kept the Whispering Shepherd from doing its job. I ask the Whispering Shepherd's help and power in consecrating this ground and in pushing this entity out.
0: Roll me religion. Uh don't give yourself disadvantage. By invoking the whispering shepherd, you have negated your disadvantage.
3: That's not one.
2: Oh my oh god.
0: No! <laughs> Take another level of exhaustion.
2: Yep, oh.
3: That's that's fair.
2: I do not pull you out though.
3: Yep, good. Good. I will inwardly summon the power of my own personal deity. Sister Truth uh silent judge death oh sister truth yes you're right i'm sorry sister truth thank you so much
2: <laughs> i was about to be like wait you worship silent judge too
3: no 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 you're right you're right i forgot i apologize you pretend to be a god you pretend to have power but you have nothing compared to the true gods of this realm and i will see you out or i will die <laughs> oh no and by by the power that the, the sister truth has given me and our Astrogarian civilization, I consecrate this ground.
0: Roll with a regular throw, not a disadvantage throw. All right. That's an eight. Oh no! Take that third level of exhaustion.
1: Change yep. dice. Change this, dice. <laughs>
3: this this plus four is is not good, but that's okay. On the tail of the last one, I will I will just scream and invoke rage and scream get out <laughs> roll me intimidate
0: okay uh
3: with disadvantage
2: nope
0: just do a regular regular intimidate
3: it's just as good as religion
2: <laughs> i am oh no. so worried oh no <laughs>
1: you? you roll one Did 18 you roll... <laughs> yes oh okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh 18 is enough you you scream bloody murder at this thing and it it quiver it balks it actively backs away uh, i'm gonna reduce the future dcs to 10 and you have generated a second success
3: i'm i'm gonna stand up and keep yelling at it i mean why stop what's working
2: can you stand up oh I mean, you're you're at two levels right two levels uh, he's at three I levels oh he has disadvantage
0: on everything now um Disadvantaged religion roll. Sure,
3: be happy to. <laughs> That's a thirteen and a one.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, you take your fourth level of exhaustion. Six is dead, right?
3: <laughs> six yeah, is, six dead. is dead. Yes. No, I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna, hmm. I'm gonna recoup for a second. Step out, <laughs> uh, hobble Ew. out of this circle. Collapse kind of on the stone floor, spent.
1: All right, Bulain steps back into the circle. Okay. <laughs> uh, what does this feel like?
0: Actually, it's it's calm now. It's it's almost as if the entity wants to go.
2: Mm. Wait, wait! Before you go, Bulain, like, what what do you want to do if you want to get pulled out? Are you will you look at me or say chicken? Pants. Fishy, chi- fishy chicken, <laughs> fishy chicken. Okay, no, no, she will say chicken pants. Yes, like, I mean, I will, I will okay, anything related rat. to chickens, I will also point out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please be, I be am careful, a chicken and I am is, Get me out. If you look like he does when you come out, I'm not going to love that. Please be, please be uh, careful. I, I will not love that either. I assure you.
1: She steps into the circle, and she is going to speak in Elvish. And she is going to say, The world has moved past you, and you are not preeminent in your power any longer because we no longer worship you. However, I believe in the value of knowing what we once worshiped and what we once believed, and you have a place in that history. If you leave this place, I will make sure that you are not forgotten.
0: There's a whisper on the wind in your ear that says, carry the secret forward. Roll me. Actually, you don't need to roll anything. That is an automatic success. Okay. (laughs) We're nearly
1: there.
2: You can keep going if you wish, or you can leave and I can try again. Um,
1: She says, "I, I will ensure that you are not forgotten I cannot become one of your followers, but you should understand that what I do is a fact that will not change among mortal beings. No matter the name of the god to whom we appeal in matters of death, the fact of death will never change. And what you stand for will always be a part of that.
0: Roll me a disadvantaged persuasion roll.
1: Oh, that is actually one of my skills.
2: Oh, that's alright. 15.
1: You
0: generate a fourth success.
2: Yay! <laughs> oh, the DC did fall for those. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's 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 as if you have convinced this thing it it would like this to resolve. It would like to not be here anymore. You don't know where it goes when it's not here, but seems to be trying to help you along.
1: Okay, so saying, she will again pull out her last rites and she says, you do not like being imprisoned here any more than we like you to be imprisoned here, and I can lay you to rest in the way that I know how.
0: Okay, Uh, you're going to issue last rites. Roll me Knowledge Religion. You can do this even tired. Okay. You're a mortician.
1: So, regular roll?
0: Regular roll.
1: Cat! Oh, shit, where's religion? Fifteen, again.
0: Okay. And that is a fifth success, and that is what you needed.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> and she did all of that in Elvish. I don't know if either of you speak Elvish, but...
3: I don't, and it's a good thing.
2: <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was just like, uh-huh. So she did that on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Although she wasn't whispering, so you know she was speaking in Elvish. hmm <laughs>
0: The power in the room fades, and you know it is gone.
1: Boulane steps out of the circle and sags a little bit because she still has a level of exhaustion, although nothing on what Zerus has. <laughs> and,
2: uh, and says, "It is done." Creden's feeling extra empathic and runs up and hugs both of you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> we just sort of hang on you, one on yeah. each yeah. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could help you, but I don't. I've got nothing for this other than a good night's sleep. I'll take watch whenever we, we nap. <laughs>
3: limply hugs you back. Perhaps a night in the local inn before next Oh, that else.
2: sounds great. I would love oh, to I get agree. out of this place. I can go get us a cart. <laughs> I
3: I should be able to walk with some aid to, to town, but I, I fear we will not be able to properly seal the tomb until I've until I've recovered
2: some. I mean if I seal you mean move all of those big rocks, yeah, I don't think I can do that one.
3: That is that is exactly what I mean. Or we'll send someone else to do it.
2: We can bring back some of those uh the masons, some of those yes. Masons, perhaps. We could mm. go back to town, let them know what needs to be done and just rest ourselves. I think I think we've done our work. Sadie, okay. how do you feel about this? I ask.
0: I ask Sadie. Sadie squawks. Uh
2: <laughs> yeah, we're good.
0: Deeply meaning. Ravens
1: do
2: not squawk.
1: Come on. <laughs> she screeches. <laughs> <It's>... She screeches.
0: <laughs> there, yeah, no, it's it's ear piercing. Uh, I'm going to move to kind of wrap this up a little bit nicely for our podcast listening audience.
2: Put a bow on it.
0: Our heroes walk home in the dead of darkest night, holding a humble rod with a silver symbol. They walk arm in arm as their strength has been sapped, leaning on each other for support. We wonder if they will overcome the differences that emerged among them in their first job. But for now, unity is maintained by success. The inn is quiet. The trade caravan seems delayed. But it gives our heroes a few nights of much-needed recovery. As they pack to head to their next job, Zerus goes to remove the magic book from his bag, but finds the pouch he had wrapped it in is empty. The only trace of the book is a subtle fold in the canvas that tells us where it once rested. Amarant Strain, wayward priest of the silent judge, may be laid to rest, but we have not heard the last of Vecna, god of secrets taken to the grave. <laughs> And that is our episode and the end of our first mini-story. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson from My Pen Machine for our tunes, and Julie at Elaborate Plight of Fancy for our logo. Also special thanks to Richard Baker, author of The Cleric's Challenge, published in the 90s, who detailed the first rendition of the city of Palmville and its undead problems. Thanks to all three of you. What is happening with this labor dispute in Highlock? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, A D&D Odyssey.